0: Okay, so today I want to talk about Germany, Germany, and I want to preface the whole thing by, you know, saying that I spent a lot of time in Germany, three years in total, Deutsch ist meine zweite Sprache, German's my second language, I have a German degree, um, undergraduate degree in Germanic studies from the University of Maryland, so I guess that's to say I, I know a thing or two about Germany, but also... I've got a very deep connection with Germany, a German host family, German friends, so on and so forth. Um, I know a lot about the culture and the society and the way people think. And, you know, I i have big hopes for Germany. Um, and I hope that one day Germany is able to rise to those expectations, rise to those hopes. And I think a lot of criticism of Germany comes from high expectations of germany and i think that that's really critical to understand that um you know after the schultz speech the famous schultz speech uh at you know a couple weeks into the war uh the the zeitenwende speech um expectations were sky high and i think at this point there's definitely a little bit of a feeling like where's the beef what's happened now there, you know some weapons have reached ukraine and certainly this recent uh Air defense system the iris air defense system is excellent but that's not really what this video is about this video is about how germany provoked russia so this really has to do with the concept of strategic corruption and elite capture so generally when the west looks at the developing world we say corruption corruption and and, and we're not wrong to say that uh, there are bribes being paid for judicial decisions there's all sorts of extortion. There's stealing from uh, state treasuries and so on and so forth. And this this kind of standard, what everyone would think of as corruption, exists. But in the West, there also exists corruption, quite a lot of corruption. Um, and this corruption is really better understood as elite capture. Uh, it's an expression of uh, the revolving door. Is another way to think about it, where. You know, if you are in a public sector job, uh, you will talk with the people that you're supposed to regulate or that you are supposed to create policy around, be it foreign policy or industrial policy or whatever, and you will be exceptionally friendly to them and provide them the policies they want in the expectation that when you are done your government service, you will get a job with them. Now, this is sort of bad enough and problematic enough when it's just domestic industries, when this is say, the, you know, auto industry or, you know, in in the United States, maybe Coca-Cola or McDonald's or something like that. Um, Although supply chains have complicated that because a lot of supply chains now run into authoritarian states. And we'll do another video on that. But let's focus for a second on on Germany, where particularly the authoritarian revolving door became a huge issue. So after the Cold War, um, you know, the Germans reunited uh, thanks to NATO, and thanks to sort of the the West giving the thumbs up, uh, H.W. Bush, and so on and so forth. And then they were figuring out their economic model for the future. Um, And this is the point at which Putin had a great idea, you know, and China really had a great idea. Um, But this was, let's make Germany and Europe dependent upon us. And this is where we enter sort of Gerhard Schroeder. Uh, so this this begins in the early 2000s. Um, shortly before he exits office. Gerhard Schroeder signs the deal from Nord Stream 2 or from Nord Stream 1. We'll get we'll get to 2 in plenty of time, but the original Nord Stream pipeline which brings Russian gas directly into Germany, bypassing Ukraine, bypassing the Ukrainian pipelines. And of course, Russia's thinking about this long term, right? Russia's thinking, wow, um I can Bribe these individuals, because then Gerhard Schroeder went on to take a job uh, at Nord Stream immediately after he was chancellor, immediately after. Um, So there was sort of the the promise there that if you sign off on this deal, you'll have a job with us, you'll have a nice, cushy position afterward. Um, And that bypass was very important because of the long-term strategy of starving Ukraine of revenues and then the eventual full-scale invasion. Uh, but this was also the notice that, wow, strategic corruption works. It works. You can go to these guys and you can make this offer to them, um, and ultimately they'll do what you want and they'll get, you know, these deals later. So Gerhard Schroeder sort of uh, was the first, was the great first. We even talk about Schroederization, the Schroederization of Europe, uh, because he, had, he he paved the way for all sorts of others to open the door to strategic corruption, whether it's later François Fillon, who other also goes to work for uh Russia, or uh Karen Kneisel of Austria, so Francois Fillon is the uh, former Prime Minister of France, or Karen Kneisel, former former minister of Austria, go and goes and works for Russia. Then, of course, Tony Blair, not Russia, but Kazakhstan and 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 Azerbaijan and other authoritarian regimes. Um and in any case. This is the top level. This is what we see at the very top level. But it, but it goes much deeper than that. So as these strategic dependencies are formed, you know, this becomes policy, and then policy sort of covers up the corruption. So these things always work together. Like in the United States, when you see people saying, "Oh well, you know, well we can't afford to have a war. We shouldn't have a war. Or whatever. We can't. We can't support Ukraine um, because, you know, I don't know. We provoked it or NATO expansion. Well." If you open that up, you always find business interests. You find like Quincy Institute or something like that. Um, you find those that have real moneyed interests and are making money. So there's always kind of this uh, ideological level. And then there's the corruption level. And in Germany, this is really profound. This became kind of like the the, the German model, you know, the economic model, which was bring in cheap Russian gas uh, and then manufacture, and they're the only country in Europe that was able to maintain this kind of middle manufacturing industry, uh, manufacture, and then sell those products to China, okay? So they became totally dependent on authoritarian regimes, and they justified this. The elite justified this through this notion of, oh, well, this is good. You know, we're making a a good bet on this. We're making a good bet on... um, you know the Russia and China, and then even you know it even gets crazier. You got sort of uh, President Sh- Steinmeier saying things like, "Oh well, we owe this. We owe Nord Stream two eventually, which of course everyone's a little bit more familiar with, which came later, uh, Nord Stream two to Russia because of uh, crimes committed in the World War two and, and and so on and so forth. And but all of this is a cover and a justification for how wealthy. These elites are becoming so the so the strategic corruption is a way to control policy is a way for authoritarian regimes to control policy, taking advantage of Western style corruption, which is this revolving door style corruption. And again, it's one thing to go work for domestic industry afterward, but it's a totally other thing to go and then work for. Authoritarian adversaries afterward. You're literally working for people that want to destroy democracy, undermine democracy around the world, break your own country. It's, it's traitorous, really. It's traitorous. And of course, we you know, have similar problems in the United States that we should acknowledge. Uh, you know, Former members of Congress, uh, former high-level officials, cabinet officials, and so on and so forth. Uh, but in Germany, it's particularly pernicious because they effectively made Europe totally strategically dependent on Russia. Opening the door to Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, and without that, there would be no full-scale invasion. And let's remember that it was after the second Russian invasion, so after the invasion of Georgia and then the the the, the beginning of the invasion of Ukraine in 2014. After 2014 is when Nord Stream 2 started to be built. So this became so deep-set in Germany this 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 level of strategic corrupt uh, st- strategic corruption that is elite capture. Became so deep set in Germany that even an invasion of a neighboring country couldn't break it, and in fact, it, it it was enhanced after that. So it's really a credit that now to to Ukraine, that now because of Ukraine's valiant defense of itself, uh, Germany is finally looking within um, and 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 seeing. Oh my God, you know, like like I, I mean, I hope to some extent seeing. Wow, so our the economic model. Sales point was just that. It was a sales point. It was a justification. And actually, it was this corruption, this elite capture that led to this invasion. So Germany at this point really needs a Bundestag investigation of how these two pipelines happened, about elite capture in the in the energy ministry, in the foreign ministry. Uh, you know, lot, there's been these, these articles on the – and Habeck has commented on himself, sort of the gas connection with Moscow and so on and so forth. But – Germany needs a ton of self-reflection now to root out this elite capture, and all Western democracies really do. I I think the, the, the most important thing we can do in Western democracies right now is acknowledge that there is a lot of, a lot of corruption here, too. And just because it's not an immediate quid pro quo bribe doesn't mean it's not corruption. So Germany has a major corruption problem. Britain has a major corruption problem. The United States has a major corruption problem. But Germany's in particular really, really provoked Putin. Because as we all know, you show weakness, Putin escalates. You show strength, Putin backs down. And this is the ultimate form of weakness. Essentially selling your own values, selling everything you stand for for half a million a year, which is all it costs to buy most you know, former officials in the West. And I mean, all it costs to get political decisions in your favor for for years so that this person can retire into this into this job. I mean, half a million dollars a year is nothing. It's nothing for people that control tens of billions of dollars. Half a million is nothing. So this is the ultimate form of weakness. This essentially signals to Putin and Russia when we in, when we indulge in foreign strategic corruption, it signals that we stand for Nothing that our values that we claim to believe aren't really what we claim to believe. So we have to fight this. We have to get the regulations in place. And we need sort of a transatlantic compact, you know, to prevent any former official from going and working for these adversaries in the future. And a good hard look at our own states and our own corruption problem. That doesn't mean, you know, states that suffer from you know, bribery or a more typical form of corruption are off the hook. Not at all. We still address that. We talk about that. But it's but it's acknowledging and being very honest about our own corruption problem. And in fact a lot of the money that's stolen abroad gets hidden, you know, in the West anyway. So it helps really kill two birds with one stone.